Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to another episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Alright everybody, how is everybody doing out there? Hope you guys are having a awesome and solid Tuesday. Well, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday. If you're not, hopefully you're having just a great day wherever you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. Maybe you're on a bus. Maybe you're in a car. Maybe you're on a trip. Maybe you're on an airplane. I don't know what you're doing, but hopefully you are enjoying it. So I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. This is my podcast. It's called Successfully Funded, and you probably knew that. That's how you got here. Maybe you just stumbled upon it. And if that's the case, let's tell me, let me tell you a little bit about, about what we do over here. So I like to talk to project creators who are running a a Kickstarter campaign and is having a lot of success, and I like to talk to them either in the middle of a campaign or right after it, right? So that way, we are talking about the most up-to-date information on what's happening out there in the land of crowdfunding, you know, that magical land I talk about every week. Um, And today is no exception. Today we are going to be talking uh, about a watch again. We've talked about a lot of watches on here. In fact, I've got another watch uh, interview coming up here in just a little bit. So we're going to be talking to the boys over at Dango Modular Watches. Um, Charlie Carroll is the one of the project creators there. This is their, I think, third or fourth Kickstarter, something like that. So they've run a few of these things for their uh, their men's product lines, and watches is their newest uh, their newest product that they're bringing to the market. And we're going to be talking to them about how to become funded in a very crowded field. So that conversation is coming up in just a moment. And if you are a regular listener, you know that this is my time, right? This first seven to ten minutes is my time to talk, right? My time to shed my skin, lay out some information, talk about some stuff that's going on around here. Ah, well, I we're in the Mercury retrograde right now. And I think we might have got into it a little bit earlier. And I'm not... I understand that may be some hippy-dippy stuff for some people out there, but boy, the energy has been weird. A lot of weird energy out there, and this is that time of reflection of this, is, is it me, is it this the world, is it the, is it the polar patterns, are we pulling each other too far apart, what is all this friction about, what is going on, where is the release, that's what's going on over here at One Wins Away, One Wins Away is hot, so... What does that mean? Well, the first thing I wanted to talk, chat a little bit about, if you are getting ready to run a campaign and you're thinking about working with an agency, start thinking about what a relationship with somebody actually looks like in the middle of a campaign. And I say that because uh, I've got a lot of friction points with somebody right now who's actually having a ton of success. And it's a frustrating thing. And it's because uh, you see what happens in these uh, in these relationships where People don't know how to work with team members. They don't know how to release some control. They have expectations that are bonkers. Um, they can't actually see the good when you're, you know, ranking in like I don't know, like the top 50th best Kickstarter ever for your certain category. But I don't hit, you know, but because we're not hitting imaginary expectations that are delusional. Therefore, uh, this isn't really exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, just because you don't know what the mar- what the land landscape is therefore you're not meeting these expectations a lot of that going on right now um then you get into this sort of idea of why if you hire somebody and this is what they do why then do you not either trust the process 
or respect the years of opinion or the, hey, I've seen that, you should be thinking this way. How does that not get, how, how does that not happen? Where does that breakdown happen? And I think that breakdown happens a lot right now, and, I, and this is why I want to talk about it. It's because a lot of people that we work with, this is their first time working on something. This is the first time they've worked on something of any sort of scale or scope or sometimes meaningful you know, maybe a lot of the work they did in the past was, I don't know, they were, you know, low on the totem pole. Just get the coffee. Just go get the coffee. That's all I need. If you get the coffee, you did your job right. You get the coffee incorrect, you did your job poorly. But they're never really in a scenario where um, you have to, you know, work with other creative people, other people who have opinions about, hey, here's our here's our best practices. And what happens when this is like a first time project for somebody, you start understanding that, you know, the sweet spot is when the whole community is working together, not when you are f- um, not only fighting with the consumers, right? Like you're, you're, you're putting out bad messages to the public or a bad vibe to the public, but then also you're doing that to the team members. And you start seeing that that is where breakdowns happen. And that's where campaigns sort of stall out a little bit. You start questioning everything and you, and then you don't, um, understand what's going on behind the scenes of how every single Kickstarter works. And this is where, as a first-time project creator, you have a due diligence to do your homework. Even if you hire a firm or whatever it might be, you've got to work to, you know, to work to understand it more. All right, so that's sort of what's going on over here. It's just trying to you know, you know, level those expectations to reality, to how to work with the team. All of these things are probably new things for a lot of first-time creators. And if you're somebody who's listening to this episode right now and you're getting ready to run a crowdfunding campaign, I'm, I'm throwing this out there of, you know, how to start imagining you going from maybe this is the, you're the only person on your team working on something to all of a sudden having, I don't know, four other people on something, somebody handling social media, somebody handling ads, somebody handling press outreach, and you not actually having control of all that stuff. Even if the story is so tied to you, we, you know, agencies understand that. Nobody's trying to like, why would anybody try to like, you know, hurt your business, right? Like I, as an agency, like for myself, we make money on the, on the projects. We need it to be successful. So we weren't, we're not sitting around trying to do anything that's going to hurt anything. We're trying to do everything in the best interest. And I think that has to be something that's constantly thought of as you're putting together your team, as you're thinking about how you're going to work with them, how you're going to communicate. All these things play a huge, huge factor. All right, guys, that's my rant for the moment. So if you are... Um, uh, a, li- a regular listener, thank you. But if you're not, here's a couple things you can do. Go over to iTunes right now, subscribe to the i, you know, s- click that subscribe button. Um, also, go to the website, go to woodshed.agency. We are the agency behind this podcast, and make sure you read the blog. Uh, maybe you know, follow along, uh, listen to some other podcasts. A b- bunch of stuff you can do. Leave a review if you want to do that. Tell a friend, all that sort of stuff. But um, all right, guys, why don't we go ahead and kick my conversation with the boys over at uh, Dang. Uh, Dango watches, right? Yeah, Dango watches or Dango, I think is the company. And uh, yeah, they've got a very successful campaign going on. They've got about 24 days to go. 
They had a $15,000 goal, and they're currently sitting at $65,000. So uh, right now, looking at some predictions, and they're probably probably going to be around just under 90k or so when this thing's all said and done. So um, very, very cool campaign. All right, let's go kick into my conversation. Here we go. Don't get nervous. We're just doing a simple podcast. Nothing to be wrecking here. Let's start off with a with a quick sound check. Um, what'd you guys have for breakfast this morning? I had a uh, overnight Egg, oats. Eggs and toast for me. So. Eggs and toast. And you said some oats? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. overnight oats. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. You guys big breakfast eaters? You guys always always go with the breakfast in the morning? I, I tried to. It usually Most makes me feel yeah, yeah. Usually makes me feel better, uh, you know, for the rest of the day. So good, 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 good. Very cool, awesome. All right, well, I think uh, looks like we're all working here, so let's jump right into it. So, so why don't we start off with why uh, first, kind of tell uh, my listeners who both of you are and what you're currently raising money for over on Kickstarter. Okay, so my name's Charlie. Um, I'm the CEO of Dango. Uh, we've been doing this for about three years now. Um, the reason why and how we started on doing this project was this is actually our, our third, um, I'm sorry, our fourth Kickstarter campaign. Um, and we use the, the platform to really kind of introduce new products uh, to the market. And uh, for us, watches have always been something that's uh, been an interest to us and we really wanted to release our own product. And I'll let uh, Tuan speak to how it came to be and everything. Yeah, so uh, yeah, my name is Tuan. Um, I'm creative director and co-founder of Dango Products. Um, Dango Products as a company was actually a school project back in uh, several years ago when I was going to San Jose State University. And um, we started off, well, I started off with this uh, little project for a, for a, a class called Making It. And basically the objective of the class is Every student had to make about 50 to 100 units of um, a fairly simple product that they could um, package and try to market and sell on Etsy. Mm. And so my project was a little keychain tool called the Loop Hook. Okay. Uh, and that's actually our first product as a company was, was the Dangle Loop Hook because um, fast forward years later after the the school project, um, I worked at a company called Element Case, and we did iPhone cases, really high-end machine iPhone cases made out of aluminum, carbon fiber, titanium. And actually, that's when I met Charlie, and Charlie was uh, working in operations. And he came over to my uh, desk one day while Element Case was kind of going down and being bought out by another company called STM. So that's um, at at that point I was the lead designer over there, and uh, I was thinking of jumping ship because like the whole staff was changing. And so Charlie came over to my cubicle and he was like, "Hey Tuan, um, man, I, I got some extra cash, uh, and I kind of want to start a project or something. Do you have any ideas?" So I said, "I uh, I have one idea back in from college. It's called the Dango Lupus." Um, and then I showed him and we just clicked after that, uh, because I was into gear, I was into backpacks and outdoors gear and stuff like that. And Charlie was a huge backpack and bag fan. So it was kind of like a perfect fit. 
So that's how Dango products started. Um, we actually have one more person. He's my brother, uh, Bing, and he, he uh, me and him, the way we came up with the name Dango was because the hook dangles. Mm. And it's um, the hook is actually like a purse. Have you ever seen purse hangers? Yeah, yeah. Of it has like a butterfly on it or like a, a diamond on it or something. Well, my point of that product was to have a backpack hanger that's unisex for guys and students and even girls. So, so we were thinking about the name and the dangle. So we named it the Dango. Nice, nice. So, so, and then now, did you crowdfund each one of those products, or, uh, or you know, because you mentioned you had a couple campaigns, or so yeah, you- so we actually did uh, crowdfund the loopbook, um, successfully raised our goal um, that we had set, um, and then that led to us um, actually doing uh, something called a tactical and Dapper Wallet. Here is an example of what it looks like. And on Kickstarter with that, we were able to raise close, well, actually over a third of a million dollars with that project. And then uh, fast forward uh, a year after that, we released another wallet. We're able to raise just over $100,000. And now here we are with our watches. So as I said, this is our fourth campaign. We really have fun with it. Um, It allows us to really use our creative energies to to do the entire process of product development um, and really create a, a story. and um, allow the, the customer, the backer, um, to be fully immersed in the process of, you know, not just, not just having a product, but being involved in the process of developing it and knowing why we did it. So that's really why we're passionate about it. That's cool. So for the listeners out there who can't see it, kind of, how, how do you kind of describe these watches? What's making them special? Why, why is it doing so well right now on Kickstarter? So the watches, uh, are modular. They, the lugs um, can change out. They can actually take, be taken out of the watch completely, allowing the watch to be lugless because the bracelet or the strap can go directly into the watch head. Uh, we use premium materials um, in the watch. Uh, we have Swiss movement. The band, uh, I can show you on video, but to explain it is it basically it allows you to micro adjust the band without having to take it off of your wrist. Oh, that's interesting. So allowing you to do that. Uh, we have three different styles. We have a chronograph watch, a dive watch, and we have a field slash trek watch. It's cool. Um, so we have three different styles to really appeal to different lifestyles and um, people that have different needs. So I think the reason why it's doing well is we, we've, we really took our time on developing it and Tuan did a great job designing it from soup to nuts. We, we designed every single component on the product. Um, and we didn't we didn't take any shortcuts. That's cool. So. That's cool. Yeah, as a as a company, we the three things that we wanted to kind of um, tackle was the wallet, the belt, and the watch. And so to to us, those those three things is kind of like a trifecta that kind of makes the core of men's accessories. Sure. And, uh, our, with every product um, that we have at our company, it's modular. And I think that's the most compelling part about this product, the watches, is that um, it's modular. Because um, if you look uh, back at our wallets and our belts, everything's modular. You can buy the the leather separately, you can buy the buckle separately, and um, kind of like mismatch mismatch it. Because people, we find that people like to kind of personalize their products. So when we came out with this watch, we we're like, 
dang, wouldn't it be great to have a watch that people can kind of configure it the way they want it sure, to be sure. with in the future, um, different colors or different styles of lugs and different bands and stuff like that. Um, and do it easily with just like little quick release mechanisms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. So, so when you're kind of, when you're getting ready to, to like start designing a watch, what is the first steps out of the gate? I mean, are you researching competitors at all? Are you looking to see what's on, like on the market and if there's a hole in the market at all? Like, what are you looking for before you kind of start laying out what you want this to be? Well, a lot of the market research is very important, but to tell you the truth, the um, core uh, reason why we do the things that we do and the way we do it is because we really want to make things that we want to use. Mm-hmm. So starting from the wallet, um, it, it was really uh, just something that we thought would be cool. And we kind of, hey, what if we kind of put a twist on, into the wallet? Same with the belt and then the watches. All of us has, have always been um, big watch fans. And uh, we kind of try to figure out what the problem, the core experience of what these products do for us. Uh, and figure out how we could elevate it and lift the experience a little more, just take it a little step further to, to make it modular, um, to design, to, to design the dials so that, um, the, uh, based on our inspiration of like past iconic designs of like, um, Bauhaus, I don't know if you know what that is, but, um, mm-hmm. like the iconic graphic design back in the, starting back in the 40s Mm. um and kind of melding it with future uh uh future components so a lot of our inspiration comes from like futuristic and kind of incorporating the past too so that's our the core of our dna and that's how we kind of inject it into these things that we make that's cool that's cool yeah now watch is really really popular on kickstarter how how did you guys sort of approach using it to to pre-launch a watch when there's there's a lot in the market right uh especially on the platform like how how do you guys stand out from the crowd how do you try not to get sort of stuck in that in in that wash of just a lot of a lot of projects you know definitely i mean for we we're very well aware that there are a lot of different watches out there on Kickstarter that people use as a platform to launch a watch. But what we felt was really important is that we retain the DNA, as Juan mentioned, of our products um, and keeping that and keeping true to that and designing the watch from the ground up and not just slapping our logo on a watch that's off the shelf and just kind of calling it our own and using Kickstarter to just put it out there. I mean, a good example of that is if you look at our chronograph watch um, and one of our belt buckles, there's a lot of design elements that tra- transfer over um, mm-hmm. the way that it looks the way that the strap um, matches the the buckle on our leather um, strap again everything that we've done on these watches are fully designed it's not just um, something that we've taken off the shelf and uh, very confident in in the abilities that um, Tuan and Ben have and how they design a product. And I feel that we, we speak to our customers and the people that have backed us in the past and they understand it and appreciate the fact that we do take the time to really fully design it and think it out. Um, not just with aesthetics, but functionality and quality, right? So how we thought we could overcome the very saturated market was just sticking true to what was 
made us a success to this point. Mm. And that's just high quality, high design, and um, very, very thoughtful um, design elements and keeping to those very detailed things that yeah, maybe cool. some other companies would overlook. Right. I think, I think it's important to, as a brand to kind of stick to your core values and the core principles of why you're doing the things that you do, um, especially how you do it. Uh, for us, we always, we always, um, it's very important for us to pick the premium materials, um, CNC machine down to the details, precision, um, and all of that. Um, but yes, sticking to our core principles is a big part of um, how we get our fans to keeping our fans, you know. Sure, sure. That's yeah. great. That's great. So where, I mean, for you guys, you know, you know, getting ready for a Kickstarter, what are some of the things that you're, you're starting to prepare before you go to launch? I mean, is there, is there numbers you're looking for? Is there metrics? What are you looking at behind the scenes before you hit that launch button? Um, so we do a lot of pre-marketing, um, not necessarily bombing people with a lot of um, information, but really letting people that have um, bought our products or backed us in the past on Kickstarter, letting them know that we're up to something and that we're doing a new project um, getting them intrigued and getting them involved. Uh, oftentimes we will get their feedback based on before even launching the campaign, what they're looking for, for products. And, you know, we get a lot of people saying, why don't you guys build a watch? Why don't you build a dive watch? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And we really listen. I mean, that's one thing that we are very involved in is, is customers, um, what they are asking for, what we can do. And really, um, for us, as a company, um, I think that's our, our job and that's what we've been doing. We, so that's one thing we, we do some pre-marketing. Another part of the process is, uh, really doing a good job of making, um, videos to fully explain and get the customer excited. Um, some companies just focus on the product, but for us, it's really also about the lifestyle and getting the customer to understand and put themselves in that video that we happen to make and yeah. say, well, I'm that person or I'm, I could be, that's something that I do. And that's what we've always done on our Kickstarter is, is really um, do a, a good um, job and being fair to the product by giving it room to breathe through a video. Sure. Because sometimes it's just like maybe a rotating table and you're just, you know, mm -hmm. focusing it on the product. But really we just want to bring life to the products too. And we feel that the, the videos do do justice to the product itself. And it's, it's not just the videos, you know, like when you start a brand, it's all about being consistent throughout the board. So from customer service, you got to be precise on that. You got to be um, tip top on your marketing assets. Your photography has to be um, meet a standard every single time down to the website and the videos too. So they all kind of, interlinked it's it's all related and i think all of that brings soul and brings life in, into the product you know because at the end of the day products are just hardware right so right. how we could inject all those ideas and sell an emotion so to speak you know yeah yeah was there any sort of like major roadblocks uh in, in the development of the watch that i don't know was there something you just couldn't do or you just hit it just hit something that you had to pivot around was there anything that that you guys ran into i think the biggest thing for us is the quality and the standards that we hold ourselves mm -hmm. to um, in product because it took us over a year to develop these watches. Um, it, it took a lot of time for us because in parallel with that, we're also doing 
all the other things that we're doing with releasing. Like last year, we released over 22 new products mm-hmm. on our just on our own through our website and through the company itself. So to do this, the project on the side, um, to do it in the right the way we wanted to do it, it took a lot of resources, yeah. but we like i said i mean we we feel like it's important to use it as a platform to we we see that um kickstarter is a way that we can kind of sit down with a customer for 10 or 15 minutes and really explain to them what the product is why we're doing it and here's a thorough explanation of why but in terms of um problems i mean we we went through several rounds of prototyping that was something that was it took some time, but we don't really see them as challenges in a bad way. We see them as ways to really get what we want because at the end of the day, we want the customer to be happy. Yeah, and that's how we've uh, done well in the past on our Kickstarters, and I think that that's why we, when we do a new one, people go they're confident that when they're giving, they're pledging, you know, in some cases three hundred, seven hundred, whatever it happens to be, some it could be a close to a thousand dollars in in backing per pledge. Um, they're confident because they've worked with us in the past and they know that we deliver to our timeline, that we put reasonable timeline ship on time. Um, in some ways I feel like their projects get a, bra- a bad rap on Kickstarter because not everybody feels that obligation to right. fulfill pledge. but that's something that we absolutely do because we're an ongoing company. I mean, we don't, right. we, we're not in the business to not ship product because in, you know, short money. So sure. So how about the, on the follow-up of that, though? Was there a moment, though, that maybe when you got, like, a first prototype or something that you just knew that you actually had something to go forward? Like, what was the, what was the moment that you knew that you had, you know, a great product in your hands? Well, when we got the prototype. Well, we got the, when we got the prototypes yeah. after, you know, we had the – a lot of things look beautiful on the computer when you mm-hmm. start wearing right. it, when you do the model of it, when you do all these things. But then when you see and see the prototype, when you have the watch fully assembled and you feel the weight of it in your hand um, – it just, it's kind of, it's a almost like, it's like when you have a baby, right? It's its not the exact same, but like you have this vision of what your baby's going to look like and all these things. But until you hold your baby in your hands, yeah. then you get this feeling like, wow, it, it's its real. Right. And it's really the moment when we got the, the first prototype. Yeah, we made a couple of small tweaks to it, but it was like 95% really like perfect for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, when people, the people that have backed us so far and the people that will back us will be pleasantly surprised when they hold the product in their hand that they'll get the same kind of feeling when we did, they, we did the other products, um, mm-hmm. that we've released on Kickstarter where they'll feel the, the love that we put into it, the time that we put into it and the thought we put into it because of the, the things that I mentioned, like the quality, quality, the design and, um, you know, the thoughtfulness to all the little details, they'll see it. So, um, it's not always easy to really reach through the computer screen to hold the product, mm-hmm. but, um, we know what our standards are. And I, I think that the standards that we set are pretty high. I think, so. yeah, I think that's the challenge is how to, uh, describe to someone on the other side of the screen, like <laughs> this is a quality product. And that's the name of the game at the end of the day, you know, right. it's like whoever, whatever company, whatever brand is able to you know, put that feeling into that person's hand behind the screen. Sure. But for us, yeah, the first prototype we got, we we're like, oh my God, it's mm-hmm. exactly how we designed it. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, and that, that all comes with good um, engineering, you know, mm-hmm. manufacturing. 
Right. Right. That's awesome. Well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter. So when we're talking today, uh, you have about 34 days to go. Um, you had a $15,000 goal and you're currently just under 60 K with 239 backers. So a lot of time still left in the campaign. So what do you, um, you know, did you have any sort of like, I, I kind of asked this a little bit different before, but was there like a metric though that you wanted to see before you launched? Was there like a waiting list or how many emails? Was there, was there something that you just wanted to see that you knew that you were going to be successful in the first few days of the campaign? So for us, um, we set a goal of, of $15,000. We set that goal pretty much on every single campaign we've ever done. Mm-hmm. But again, we're like an ongoing company. So we don't, $15,000 in all honesty is not enough to cover all of the expenses that we have in already invested in the project but honestly we we want to come out with a product anyways mm-hmm. um, we do the pledges really do help but really for us it's a way to give back to the kickstarter community and our customers by giving them a price that's uh, heavily discounted by taking that leap of faith with us mm-hmm. before people get it in their hands and reviewing it on youtube or you know their friend has it or whatever they're the first people to really adopt and buy into our new product line Mm-hmm. So for us, it's, it's a way to really, it's like a special invitation for VIPs, you know, right, that's right. what we, we see Kickstarter as, is just letting people come in at that, that entry level price. Um, I mean, for example, our, our Dapper wallets, when we had them on Kickstarter, were at $34 as early bird specials. We've never had it for that price since. Right. And I think people understand that, you know, the prices we give on Kickstarter are really to help get you the product as close to cost as possible to really be part of part of like one of the beta testers or the people that are just um, involved in the initial process and development of the product. But yeah, when we set the goal of the $15,000 and even what we have raised today, it's, it's really just uh, getting your foot into the water, mm-hmm. what we really have invested in it. But we feel strongly that it's a good product for the, for the company and um it's something that we always wanted to do so yeah yeah that's cool so has there been anything that's been sort of uh strange in the dashboard you know like a country that's popped up like we've got a lot of sales in new zealand or anything just kind of weird that's kind of um, so far? you know honestly no we're, we're used to shipping to all over the world mm-hmm. um we saw that with our our first second and third like all of our campaigns even currently with with where we sell to products go all over the world but um it is neat to find that we can reach you know different parts of the country or different parts of the world that we don't we i've never visited or even heard of before but that are we have products that have our name on it that have our design on it somewhere in that part of the world which is really awesome and we get emails or people will put us on, on instagram with some one of our products or um you know email pictures to us from different places in the world and it's really an awesome feeling to know that something that we we had a, a, a hand in somewhere else in the world that someone else appreciates so. also it's it's kind of cool to look at the dashboard and see that oh a couple of sales came from this blog that you never even heard before right right that's that's always nice to see it's like oh cool this blog's writing about us and yeah yeah uh, usually post the blog onto our kickstarter and link it to that to yeah. their website. So 
That's oh yeah, it's interesting to find out like the different publications that pick up our our product. Mm-hmm. That's always something that's interesting as well. Yeah. Do you guys focus heavy on on press, or do you go out there, or do you try to have it just be more of a word of mouth type of thing? We learned um, that's another thing that we we do in before we launch is we just email a couple of publications we work with in the past for other things. As we've been in the industry longer and longer, um, we develop relationships with different publications and editors. It, um, do like our products and believe in us as a company and they will write about us, but it's kind of like a snowball effect. Once someone publishes something, someone else in the industry happens to pick up on it too. And they find it interesting or get kind of involved in it and it kind of snowballs. That's what happened with our second product, which was the, the tactical wallet. Um, we had 44 different publications that wrote about it organically. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, it was yeah, just really- like, we at that time we were like novices to everything we just we launched a product and then next thing we know we saw we were on maxim or you know outdoor magazine or all these different things that were just it was crazy at the time um yeah and it was almost like a viral thing and that's really kind of what kickstarted the company but again i mean now here we are on our fourth kickstarter and it's it's one of those things where honestly we we do it because we love to do it it's not like we have like, like I said, we have like an ongoing business, but I mean, we literally came in uh, to the office, couldn't sleep the night we launched and we came in at like 6am because we wanted to launch it all together. Mm-hmm. We're like, it's one of those things where we were involved in all the videos that were being made and we, we enjoy it. I mean, it's Kickstarter is one of those things where we really, it's, it's almost like a, a uh, project that we really, um, it's, it's something for us that, really allows us to um, dive deep into the development and also the whole um, process. That's cool. That's cool. So you've got 34 days to go. Uh, then it takes a few few days for that money to drop in the bank account and stuff. But what starts your process um, to get the watches in people's hands? How, how, you know, when, when is uh, kind of shipping and, and what is all that? Uh, what's all entailed with that? Yeah, so we are actually already in production of um, them and they are hope they are scheduled to be done um in june um and we plan on shipping them to customers um early to mid july that's our our current timeline and we've always been good about updating our backers on if there's any type of hiccups or any snags in that but um we try to be conservative and that's something that you know like i said i I know a lot of people that have done kickstarters i don't really want to mention names or anything like that i have friends that are that have done it and sometimes they overpromise, or sometimes it's almost like they're very ambitious about a technology that's not available yet and they can't ship, mm-hmm. you know? So for us, we we're very much into the tangible items, things that we can in our head really, um, we, we know we can ship by the time that we commit to. And that's what we do. Right. 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 That's cool. And, and where, where do you guys see like the next year looking like, is it something that you feel like you're going down more, more of the rabbit hole of watches or is it more product lines? Where, where do you guys see yourself in the next year or so? Um, we, as Juan mentioned, I mean, we have the three items that we currently focus on, which are belts, um, wallets and watches. Um, I think the watches will probably, ex- well, they will definitely expand. This is uh, just a, an entry level, um, introduction of the product line to our customers as far as what lines we're, in, we're interested in which is like the dive watch the chronograph watch and the field watch but uh we do see ourselves definitely expanding this line 
also again we we just we've launched additional wallets since our last kickstarter um our latest wallet is actually called an m1 wallet it's an m1 maverick wallet um we launched that back in november and it's been doing very well but for us um you know like i said we listen to the customers mm-hmm. uh, and you know if they if they want something and they're vocal about it and lots of people are vocal about it we don't mind um developing it further sure. it's probably it's probably most likely gonna uh stay in the you know lifestyle realm Mm-hmm. of men's accessories um we've played around with you know thinking about women's and stuff like that but it's just really conceptual right now and um but we're like charlie said we're probably sticking to our guns right yeah now. right and how, how about like five years for you guys what, what does that sort of look like is it something that you're in big box retail is it just always online where, where do you guys kind of dream about um, you know, far far distant future and stuff it's hard to say right now. I mean, for yeah. us, we're, we're always, um, I mean, if you asked us three years ago, would we be right here right now? We probably couldn't <laughs> tell you that. Uh, but yeah. I think right now, uh, the way things are going industry wide, it, it's all going e-commerce. Um, mm-hmm. but we're not, we won't say no, if there happens to be an opportunity that works for us in big box. Um, but we like to keep control of the quality and the standards that we keep. So it's a controlled growth. Um, that's something that's really important for us mm-hmm. is making sure that we can keep to our core values as a company and not lose control of, of the products and the quality yeah. and the standards that we set. Yeah. Once things go into big box, it's just out of control. You, there's just too many people involved. And sometimes the quality of the packaging or the quality of the product gets lost. So um, we're not really yeah, we're, fighting for big box positions. Um, we're kind of good where we are right now. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, it's controlled growth. So, I mean, if it happens to work, it does, but, um, until then we're, we're good where we're at. That's cool. That's cool. Well, where can people find out more information? How can they dive in and learn about your guys' world? Um, we have social media. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram, um, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, we also have uh, our website, www.dangoproducts.com. Um, Instagram is dango underscore products. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we, we're always active on that. We have a blog section on our um, website that we update with, you know, current events that are going on and people can sign up for our newsletter that we send out, um, weekly. Um, so people can stay in touch with us that way too. That's cool. Awesome. Well guys, I appreciate you taking time out of a busy schedule. I know you got it. You're in the middle of a campaign here, so I appreciate it. And, uh, and again, great looking watches. They look amazing. The vid- you're right. The videos caught my eye, which is why I reached out. Um, but you guys did an amazing job and you still got a lot of time left. So 34 days to go here. And, uh, I think you're going to have a, a huge home run in your hands. So I appreciate both of you taking some time out of your day to, to talk to me and my listeners. Awesome. Thank you no so much. No problem. Thank you for yeah. having us. All right. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. All right. How about that conversation? Again, thank you guys for uh, for joining us, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you're thinking about getting into the watches, or you're thinking about you know picking up a new watch for your for your wrist, there, this seems like an awesome option. So, all right, song we listen to is a song called hmm, "What Should We Pick." Why don't we pick the song "Miles from Home" today off the Race Table Story? So, all right, guys. Hope you guys all have a great week. I'll talk to y'all later.